0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi right, guys, welcome back
1: to the show. Got another episode for today. Thanks, guys, for joining in and turning that on. We appreciate all your guys' support. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Watch on the YouTube channel. You guys listen on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff thank you guys for that today. Today we got Matt, Maggie Sportsman back on the show. Welcome back, man. What's going on guys? Uh oh, just another day just counting down to duck season. I I hear you. <laughs> it's getting bad. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's it's funny how that you know, you get that little itch that just starts very, very just I don't know, just a little spark and then all of a sudden it's like each week, each day it seems to grow, you know? Start watching, yeah. Watching more hunting videos and, yeah. Uh, you know, think about getting the decoys out of the shed and clean them up and, you know, that sort of thing.
3: Oh yeah, yep. I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, shoot, this year was the first year I actually. Was at the post office when they started selling the federal duck stamp. Like the lady, <laughs> she's like, "We just got these in last night."
1: <laughs> and you were the first guy to buy one, huh?
2: I,
3: I was the first one. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Did you camp out the night
1: before,
2: like Black <laughs> Friday or no? <laughs> I,
3: no, no, no. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of demand June twenty sixth for a federal duck stamp for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> How did you
1: know that's the day they were coming out? Or you just got lucky. I, I looked it up. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> So is that nationwide that it's June 26th or, or whatever you said, well, July 26th?
3: That's kind of a funny story. So Jordan and I both went in and got them that day, Jordan from Gun Chronicles. Uh, so we both went in that day and it's, it was supposed to be nationwide, but I guess on the East Coast, they weren't selling them that day because a bunch of other people came in and like commented on our Facebooks, and like they're not selling them in whatever like pennsylvania and virginia or whatever because they like they saw us posted on social media and yeah, they tried yeah. to buy them and so he caused a little bit of a rush to post off that's across, funny across the country i guess
1: <laughs> that's awesome hey so tell us what you got going on before we get started into this podcast tell us what you got going on with uh, your podcast
3: uh yeah, so recently joined the Foul Front podcast with Ben over there. Uh, ben and Alex and Thomas from Virginia Outdoors Unlimited is a, another co-host. We we took on more responsibilities. It's not like we don't have enough to do already, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're we're over there on the Foul Front trying to do at least one weekly episode. And I think Thomas and I were going to start doing some mini pods with uh, just a lot of YouTubers and just other people too, just kind of like a podcast within a podcast. So. Yeah. Uh, and you can find us on pretty much everywhere, but YouTube, I guess, mm-hmm. Um for the podcast.
1: Yeah, so go check them out, guys. The foul front uh, Ben over there, we know each other good too. You have you guys known each other since college, Matt, or have you known each other longer than that? Uh, we met in college, yeah. Okay, so he he's a really cool guy. He was a uh, he's out of the military now, right? Yeah, I think he just retired and huh?
3: left or whatever, yeah, just a few months ago.
1: We're going to actually have him on. We have He really helped out our podcast um, as well as Duck Gun, uh, Duck Gun Podcast. Jordan Elliott over there just by having us on and getting the word of the the show out. So we really appreciate Ben for the support and push that he's helped us to have too. Um, so go check their podcast out. Like uh, Matt said, it's on pretty much every platform, I'm sure, just as much as ours is. So go over there and check it out. They've been around longer and they've got really good guests and stuff over there. So go check them out. And it's cool because now you are on their Matt, and you and Thomas and it'll be, it's just, it'll be fun just to collaborate and go around the table, you know?
3: Yeah. Kind of a new perspective.
1: Exactly. Okay. So today uh, I talked to Matt about a week ago or so, maybe more. And we did this last year. You can go back and check that episode, episode out. I don't remember exact title. I think it was a little different than this one. But we want to talk about uh, basically, um, I don't know, what, what would you say, Matt? The five tips to shooting more till basically is what we're kind of yeah. learning this, I guess, to get more till. Yeah. So why don't you start us off with uh, – we're, we're going to go base it off of you because you've been – we have till here too and we can put our input me and Travis but you have an actual till season we're jealous we don't have that. I'm <laughs> um, talking about maybe coming out there and visiting just to say hi, you know, <laughs> during yeah, the yeah. till season <laughs> Nebraska but anyways, what would what would you say would be your first tip that you would start out with?
3: So number 1 and this is pretty much for almost any kind of hunting is scouting. Like scouting is so important. Uh because otherwise, you don't know what's out there. You don't know where you can hide. You don't know like the conditions. you don't know if the birds are even there. Like so scouting is you know just the the start of pretty much any hunting excursion, at least for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what too, Matt, I really enjoyed being there when the days that you worked when we hunted with you last year, and the days that you actually had to go back into work. And we were driving around scouting, kind of maybe trying to see if we could see, um, I don't know, if, was it pheasant season? Was it pheasant season? No. It was dove, that's dove right. Season. So we were going to yep. try to dove. But it was like, it was so cool because we could go around there. We were driving around looking at all kinds of places. And even if it was private, like if we asked permission or whatever, it was just fun to do that. Like scouting, we don't really get to do that here so much in California. So being somewhere like that was really neat that we could actually drive around and look, you know. Hey Matt, yeah. Matt, what do you look for? I mean, are you hunting, is these a lot of uh
2: water that is permanent water, or is this water that seems to come in when they do some irrigating? What I mean, what type of water are these are these birds coming into? And um, do you typically scout early morning, uh, afternoon, or in the evening? What what seems to be your pattern there?
3: Um, so I guess starting off, teal really love shallow water. So they're like wetlands, they love wetlands. Um tail waters on lakes and even some like shallow rivers and stuff you can get teal on. It and it varies depend you know it, it varies from year to year. Um this year we're drier so like the spot where Titus and I hunted last year is bone dry. There's not right. a drop of water in it. So there's no teal there. Um and I've already started scouting. Um but yeah so I'd I'd start with the shallow wetland areas and then what you're gonna want to look for in those areas is like a food source. So for teal uh, in Nebraska and Kansas, that's gonna be like your barnyard grass. Smartweed is the main one. I mean that there there's smartweed all the way over to Virginia, and i don't I don't know about California, but there's a lot of smartweed all across the country, and that is what teal absolutely love. Um, now, as far as scouting time, I like to go out late, you know, right before sundown. You're gonna see a lot of birds moving then and before sun, you know before sunrise. that's that's when the teal, Are most active, that's when you're going to find a ton of them. Now, you might find a midday loafing pond, and if you see teal on there, I'm not saying you can't have success hunting them in the morning there, but more than likely, there's not going to be as many there. That's just kind of where they're chilling out during the day. So I like to check those morning and late afternoon, late evening times, you know, first light, last light kind of deal.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: So are these typically birds that are local birds? Are these uh, migrants?
3: Uh, a, a little bit of both. And it really, once again, it's year dependent. Um, so up in the sand hills, there'll be some teal that nest last year. We actually had till nesting cause we had so much water last year. All of our wetlands were full. We actually had teal nesting in the area we hunted. I mean, opening morning, one of us shot a teal that still had fluff on it. Like it was, mm. it was, you could tell it was a recent hatch. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So, a lot of the blue wings are going to be migrants, um, green wings too. Um, I'd say a vast majority are migrants, but some of them are local birds, and that's just – it's year-dependent.
1: Huh. So do you have anything more for scouting, or is that pretty much
3: I – mean, um, So, I'm, I mean,
1: basically when you're scouting, you're looking for more than just birds. You're looking for the habitat, you're looking for the water, that kind of stuff. You get all those yeah. combined, you're going to – well, you get the habitat and the water. You're going to get the birds, basically.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you time of day, uh, habitat, water. Uh, another, I guess, if the birds are actually there, so looking for feathers, footprints, actual birds. And then another big one that can be tricky for teal is concealment. Like, how are you going to hunt it? Mm-hmm. That you know, last year was True. easy. We just stood in at a cornfield. But right. some years, yeah, some years you're hunting a bare pond or something and there's not a lot of spots to hide. You got to either bring an A-frame in, or lay out, or get creative. Yeah. But that, that that's pretty much the basics.
1: And and guys too, don't forget to check out Matt's channel on YouTube, uh, High Prairie Sportsman. One thing when you did that video recently about the same topic, I didn't even know it was funny. I had talked to you about this first, and then that video came out, so I'm sure you had already recorded it. But what was what I never thought of was like, yeah, I didn't ever thought about when you're scouting, you're also scouting. The hide, You know, you got to know what you're bringing in there, too. I mean, it's kind of, yep. I mean, we think of that. We don't really think of that because we know that's what we're doing. But it's something if someone was, if you're trying to help somebody out that's never done it before, that's a, that was a good point you brought across about you got to pay attention to that, too, you know? Yeah. So, all right, your, your number two one, uh, we're kind of moving through these fast. Um, improved concealment, i seen. So what do you have that goes with that?
3: Yeah, so... I, and I see people like I'll, you know, I'll see articles or people on forums saying like teal or dumb, you know, you know, you don't really need to hide that well. And that's true to an extent, but I, I you know, I like to overdo it. I like to, um, it, it's just one less thing to worry about. And you know, a lot of times when birds aren't finishing, I don't care if they're geese, ducks, teal, whatever, it's because they can see you mm-hmm. and, uh, improving your concealment's a big part of that. You know, uh, you want to break up your outline, so you want to tuck into the weeds or make sure your blinds fully brushed in or whatever. Uh, you want to make sure your, your body isn't shining. So uh, even something like sunglasses can be really shiny. Maybe give away your location uh, your face is a big one. You know, you use yeah. face paint or face mask, uh, even gloves on your hands. You know, it, if you keep them down in, in the shadows and stuff, you find if you're tucked down in the shadows, you don't have to have all that stuff. But, uh, you know, better safe than sorry in my mm-hmm. world.
1: Yeah. Anything that makes the hunt better. I mean
3: Yeah. But you know, I've seen guys that are like, Oh, you need a five gallon bucket and go sit in uh, you know, sit in a weed row or something and, and you can shoot plenty of chill like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, it's better to to make sure you have all your bases covered, at least when I'm hunting. You no, know, I like I don't want anything wrong if I can control it. Exactly. Yeah. Really good point.
1: All right. Well, I I like your third tip and uh, go ahead.
3: Yeah. So pretty simple. Uh, you know, till season's super early. It's one of the first hunting season that rolls around. So practice shooting. You know, you, uh, a lot of guys will put the shotgun away in January, February, whenever their goose season ends, maybe March after snow goose. And that's, you know, they might not pull it out until September. So practice your shooting, go out, shoot blue rocks, skeet, trap, whatever. Um, and if you can shoot live stuff, you know, like pigeons or doves, live targets are even better because, they're not going to fly as consistently as a blue rock. Mm-hmm. So those are all. Those are all. You know, and we could talk about this topic for hours too.
1: <laughs> right. Well, what's when's your your dove season start?
3: So dove season September first, teal season September fifth. So I've got oh, four okay. days to dove hunt. Okay. And kind of get honed in.
1: And that'll help a lot because to me, I would say t- uh, dove are probably harder to hit than waterfowl. I think. Do you think that, Travis?
2: I don't know. I heard a survey once. They said that there's, if they they like average it, how many shots you'll take at each bird through the different mm-hmm. species, and they say doves by far the harder, the most shots are taken to hit a dove. Okay, you know, on the average, than a kill.
1: So, yeah, hmm.
3: I'd say that's right. Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, too the with practicing shooting, I like you know I like five stand, I like trap, I like skeet especially skeet because it's a little bit more realistic or five stand to real movement of birds. But a thrower, if you don't have none of that, can't do none of that, don't have access to any of those kind of things. To me, a thrower can be pretty tricky too. When a friend of yours is throwing it from different angles, those can be pretty tough to hit too, you know, with the hand thrower. So,
3: Oh yeah.
2: But yeah, I know this may sound crazy, but what I've even done is, you know, if say even before dev season, I'll go in my backyard. I'm, I may live in a residential neighborhood, but I'll even take my gun out there and just practice birds flying over, just throw up my mm-hmm. gun and just, you know, just kind of get the...
1: Drawing a beat on them. Yeah, drawing a beat on them. Just mm-hmm.
2: kind of say, okay, I had to hit that one or no, you know, I was behind him or whatever. I've done that before too. Um, yeah. Neighbors look over the fence. They might they might
1: call the cops. <laughs> <and put it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Yeah, like you said, we could talk about that for a while. We, I'd, I'd probably do another... We did an episode a little while back, me and Travis, about improving shooting... got a part two to still do that but anyways practice shooting all right number four you said use uh, the teal calls and whistles
3: yep so i actually have them here too so if they don't sound the best i'm just going to blame it on the audio quality okay (laughs) so so teal whistle is pretty simple you're just going peep 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 just like this and you can get by with that uh, but I like having the actual teal call. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the poke pattern teal call. And I absolutely love this thing. I also have a duck commander one and it sounds pretty good too, but mm-hmm. this thing sounds way better in my opinion. So it's just, so it's, it's a lot higher pitch than mm-hmm. the mallard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, teal calling teal is pretty simple. It's kind of, that's like calling pretty much any other duck. Um, if they're approaching you, shut up. If calling the corners or if they're flying away. That's that's my calling approach to teal uh-huh. and hasn't let me down yet.
2: Yeah, one of the things I've noticed with the teal call, it seems like um I'd say in the past 4 or 5 years, it seems like a lot more people um there is we hunt have went to more of, you know, away from the peeping and more into the I guess what you call a teal quack. Um I've noticed that just where we hunt. I don't know if you've seen that yeah. on Titus.
1: Yeah. I mean, Richard Burns always did that. Remember? <laughs> yeah, but I hear a lot more other people just out yeah. there. You know, there's more blowing people blowing that type of yeah that type of call. Yeah, there's more people doing it for sure. I agree. I just the first time I ever bought one and even tried to use them was last year. But I just kind of I didn't feel I blew it a couple of times when I went to the them mat, and I just quit because it's like I'm not. You know, I know if you don't practice, you're not feel like you sound good enough. I'm just not going to blow it because I mean, don't feel comfortable. Yeah, it's just. It. I'm not gonna blow something just to say I blow it if I don't sound good <laughs> yeah. at it. You know, just like I feel like anybody with the mallard call or anything like that. I mean, you know, you, you gotta learn sometime. I just feel it kind of like it's in your truck and at your home where you should practice, not in the field. But So that's kind of why I didn't blow it last year. But Matt, you know, Matt, you blew, blew blowing well and Harrison was doing his. He was using his mallard call and that sounds pretty good. It definitely gets a lot farther because it's a lot louder. So if they're in close, it's yeah. probably a little too loud, but um yeah, I think that either one of those i and i I truly think till call helps big time I really do at least just draws their attention, which would go right into the next the the fifth um uh thing that helped uh, get more teal and that is the decoys or the spirit wings it br- draws that attention to look that way and then if they see that, I believe they hone in and how do you feel about that stuff till decoys
3: yeah, so. Uh, there, there's a little bit of debate here among like teal hunter, actual teal hunters and stuff. Uh, but starting out with for decoys, teal absolutely love spinners. If you're in a state where you can use the spinner, use the spinner. Use three spinners. I don't, I don't know if you can put out enough spinners for teal. I only usually typically put out three. I don't go over that. Uh, but they absolutely love them. I know guys were buying woodpecker spinners from Mojo because they were like fifteen dollars and mm-hmm. they bought them out last year. <laughs> so. I mean, it doesn't matter if the dove spinner, teal spinner, uh, whatever, mallard spinner, teal, just love them. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, it could just be just the teal, or it could be how early they come through too. I mean, they're mostly uneducated birds for the most part. So it's kind of a two-pronged factor, I'd say. Yeah, that's true.
1: Could just be that. And if you pattern them and that's what they're doing, they're already coming anyways. I mean, who knows if you didn't stick anything out, if they'd already come back in there anyways. I don't know. It makes us feel better yeah. as duck hunters, though, to have all that stuff out, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Do you put I, a... I, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Do you put a mixture of uh, till decoys along with other decoys, or do you just go primar- primarily with all till decoys?
3: So, I, I, you know, going back to the scouting point, I'm a big proponent of realism. Um, I don't know if you guys fly fish, but there's a term there, match the hatch, kind of. Uh, basically, I put out whatever I'm seeing out there. So last year, like we saw pintails, we saw Hen, you know, Eclipse Mallards, we saw even coots. So we had coots, we had Hen Mallards, we had Hen Pintails, Hen Gadwall out there uh, just because that was what was in the area we were hunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, but I absolutely love the teal decoys. I think the teal decoys make more of a difference than if you were just using Hen Mallard decoys, but if you're on the X, you're on the X. And I mean, you could throw painted, Pop bottles out there and still shoot teal. I mean, it, it goes back to your scouting a lot. Um, but, and if you're looking at a budget standpoint, hen mallards will work in a pinch. I just prefer to use the teal decoys. That's personal preference.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a big proponent of that too. I, I talk about that, especially last year. I specifically. Because everybody has mallard decoys, right? So everybody just takes mallard decoys everywhere they go. Even, like you said, there's probably till hunters that use mallard decoys, and I'm sure they shoot till. But it's like, I know what refuge has what birds. Because we have such a variety here. And believe it or not, certain areas, okay, they'll mainly only carry wood ducks and widgeon and some mallards. Some only carry gadwall Shovelers and pintails. We, I mean, literally, we have that many variations of different refuges that they pretty much only have those birds. And last year we did use more decoys than Travis used to use a ton of decoys. You used to use a bazillion. Then I was like, we don't need that many. And now I'm the one pushing to go back. But what we're doing is, like you said, we're matching the hatch. We go to that refuge, we don't take those other decoys. Yeah. Especially like we're hunting big open water. It's
2: not really to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to throw mallard decoys out there because. Yeah. I would I mean mallard's a flyover, but they're of course, you know, 150 yards high. So mm-hmm. and you know they're not gonna come to that specific pond. They don't land there. Mm-hmm. So why why have mallard decoys out there?
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't tell you I've I've met several people in the marsh and they see me with two dozen coot decoys and they'll just laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. they work. Like I'll swear by coot decoys. And oh, I know I some too. people are like <laughs> just Yeah, shoveler but...
1: decoys here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, people laugh at us for that. I'm like, just because we throw shovelers out doesn't mean we're targeting, honing, targeting yeah. shovelers. It's matching what they naturally see out there. Plus, they're a very visual, a strong visual decoy. You can see them oh, from yeah. w- way up high. That white sticks out, you know?
3: Yep, exactly.
1: So I'm with you on the coot decoys. Plus, they say, a lot of times I've heard them say that black is more visual from up higher. Because that's how I've heard people use black duck decoys just for the visual aspect of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can. I mean, when you think of a typical spread, and now I guess we're talking regular duck season, but you think of typical spread, what is it like? Two dozen mallards, maybe a couple of goose floaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know how many how many spreads do birds see like that? Thousands, right? At least, right? You throw some coots in there. You throw who knows a shoveler decoys, divers, whatever. It, you know, mix. It's good to mix it up. It it. Mm-hmm. You know. Whatever you, you can go- do
1: to set yourself apart. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Exactly. exactly.
2: And I, I used to with the concept what Tyus was talking about earlier about taking so many decoys. I mean I would take a ton. But I figured, you know what, try to make try to make the pond look like a closed zone if I can. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where the birds want to be where all the other birds are at. And so I think in different scenarios, you know, a lot of decoys for the visual aspect is good. Uh mallards, you know, if you're having tight, tight little potholes, you know, you don't you don't need that many decoys really in those areas because you're not gonna at least out here in california you're not going to jump you know 30 mallards out of one hole you might yeah you mm-hmm. might jump four or five at max
3: mm-hmm. and and if they want to be there they're going to be there i mean if all i have to do is see three friends or buddies in there and they're like oh okay we'll come join i mean that's that's how it is out here at least yeah yeah
1: for sure well uh you got any uh crazy stories so many till hunts something that you did differently that worked kind of That you didn't expect? Yeah,
3: I got one actually, and I've got video of it too. Um, It might be, it's from my second year, I think it's 2018, the opening day of teal. So I got out to the spot, I scouted it. I knew there was water in this little wetland, and there was like really short grass with maybe two inches of water, and the grass was maybe, I don't know, four or five inches but the water was wide open. It was like a little deeper pool or something. So I sat up there and I'm walking in and I, I know there's birds using it. I've been scouting it out for weeks, checking, you know, there's teal every time just checking this. So I get there super early and I was like, okay, I'm just going to lay down in this short grass and like cover up and try that. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out there was water there and, and just an inch, but I'm not, I'm like, I'm not laying down in an inch of water uh, for a teal. So I saw on the edge, like the the field edge, I saw a bunch of sunflowers. So I went over, cut a bunch of sunflowers, and literally just built like a square out of sunflowers. And you can (laughs) see this in the video. Uh Like I'm just sitting in this little square of sunflowers, and these sunflowers are like four foot tall maybe, and I just kept cutting and stacking them together, made a little temporary blind. (laughs) And I literally had a flock of like 20 teal fly. I bet a foot over me just like And I got that sound, like it's it's it was awesome. It was like one of the I mean, you get it when you're standing in the cornfield right. and shitting cattails and stuff, but like directly overhead almost took my head off. Like that was crazy. <laughs> that was, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
2: So what's a typical flock of till? I mean, what's like maybe the biggest flock of till you've seen? Like how many birds would you ask?
3: Uh, <laughs> uh last year we have seen a ton of teal. I don't I don't know, probably 50 yeah i mean they'll get in one Yeah, wow that's
1: awesome well i was i I, was just i'm I'm editing something from last year and i was looking at some of the single flocks that were going over and they were every bit of 50.
2: i know you i I know you've (laughs) seen some like
1: that travis even when we have big pushes
2: yeah you know um it's been a few years back i was out hunting by myself and um i was out there and hunting a pond that was primarily mallards and all of a sudden, I looked up, and I thought they were blackbirds. There were so many. I, I estimate there was probably three to 400 till in this Whoa. flock. And literally, it sounded like a jet when they went over. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even shoot. It was I was just an on just to watch it. it. It literally sounded like a roar. It was just like, yeah. And they just, it was the biggest flock of till I've ever seen. And they started, they and I think somebody may have flushed them out of the clothes zone or the refuge I was hunting. Um, but they came in this huge wave, and they came over my pond. They went over three or four ponds. I was just waiting for somebody to blast them. And this was in the afternoon, I don't think there was very many, very many people on that refuge at that time. Uh-huh. And I never heard anybody shoot at them. Wow. But it was amazing. Oh. I mean, you could see that. I, I watched them until they went out of sight because it was so awesome it's to like see a that black cloud moving all over yeah, the place. Yeah, like, huh? like those huge flocks of blackbirds that you see. Wow. And they were all moving in unison. You know, it was just, it was insane. They were all green wings that like I could tell.
1: Are you going to, how many times are you going to whip out the 28 gauge this year, Matt?
3: I am going to use that a ton. I actually, uh, just bought a two cases of Boss for it. Now I'm not uh, going to use Boss on till, but I want to. I really want to get some mallards with it, and if the geese cooperate, like I mean, we're talking 10, 15 yards for yeah. geese. But but I really want to shoot some honkers with it too. That
1: would be so cool. But I'm, I'm
3: gonna like <laughs> I'm gonna use it a ton.
1: Well, for till season, you think you'll? How many times do you think you'll use it?
3: Oh, we'll see. I mean, I stocked up on twenty gauge ammo, like. Oh. Uh, our our Walmart was like having a sale, so I got it half price. Oh. Wow. And it's Super X. But yeah, so i got I don't know I, I literally bought cases up on cases from Walmart. Oh, like did I stocked you? up on yeah, twelve and twenty gauge.
1: So like dropped, twenty gauge, what are you gonna use for till?
3: Uh just four shot. Four shot, uh, okay. Yeah, I I got two and three quarter and three inch, so probably just two and three quarter for that, but I mean, if they if they cooperate like they did last year, that's all you need. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, I couldn't find any six shots, so.
1: <laughs> right, right. All right, well, thanks for coming on and giving us the tips, and hopefully you guys listening, this helps you out and helps you shoot more till this year, coming from someone with a lot of experience uh, on those early till season. And uh, maybe we'll see you out there, but if not, we'll enjoy every bit of watching your channel, Matt, and, and seeing how it goes for you this year.
3: Yeah, I, I guess we should plug uh, the Flyways Collective while we're yes. still here. Yes, Uh Actually, I'm dropping your reaction video next week, Titus. Oh, what, I don't know when this will come out, but yeah. So sometime next week, uh, I've got your reaction from the Flyways Collective itself, actually.
1: Okay. Yeah, that, that's. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. So the Flyways Collective, if you guys haven't heard us talk about it, we have. If you're new to the podcast, we have a group of us YouTubers that uh come together, collaborate, work together, support each other. It's um high sportsman, Matt here that's on the podcast, Mid Valley Mercenaries, Duck Gun Chronicles, Virginia Outdoors Unlimited, Outdoor Limits, and I'm missing freelance duck hunting. Freelance. So we're all on there and we, we're hunting together, we've done hunts together, we podcast together, we do uh, Matt as and Matt and Jordan have started the YouTube channel for the flyways collective so you can check that out on youtube and we got some cool stuff coming up this season so watch for that and if you want to stay updated with all that stuff you guys can check the youtube channel out too and uh what facebook and instagram yep okay
3: did i get everything (laughs) i think so (laughs) all right
1: well thanks for coming on matt yeah no problem all right guys check matt out we'll see you next time